Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. We have got 13 minutes to go left in the trading month of May. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, all trading lower. They are off their session lows, but stocks are falling as a decline in trading revenue at J.P. Morgan Chase sends bank shares lower. Right now, J.P. Morgan Chase down 2.3%. The S&P 500 index down a point to 24.11, a drop of one-tenth of 1%. NASDAQ down 8, also a drop of one-tenth of 1% to 61.95. Dow Industrials down 18 to 21,011, a drop there of one-tenth of 1%. The 10-year up 132nd with a yield of 2.21%. Gold up 680 the ounce to 12.68, up five-tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate. Media crude now at 48.23 a barrel. It is down 2.9%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, the ETF report is brought to you by BlackRock. Word about market volatility, minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit blackrock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's Catherine Cowdery. The newly elected Montana Congressman Greg Gianforte was accused during the recent campaign of having secret Russian ties based on two ETFs in his portfolio. Gianforte is a tech millionaire who apologized after being charged with assaulting a reporter from The Guardian. Here's Bloomberg intelligence analyst Eric Belchunas. Here's the thing. Basically, the reporter had used uh, small holdings in two Russia ETFs to quote-unquote say these are ties to the Russian government. It's a pretty weak case to make for a few reasons. First, says Balchunas, the two ETFs represent just 1% of Gianforte's portfolio and one-tenth of 1% of his net worth. Second, if you look at the actual other country ETFs that he had, he had India, Poland, Indonesia. Russia was clearly part of an emerging markets macro strategy. So this was really holding Russia ETFs to make money or get alpha had nothing to do with being part or exposed to the Russian government. The two ETFs in question each contain at least 25 shares that are listed in Russia. That's your Bloomberg ETF report. I'm Catherine Cowdery. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets with Carol Messer and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. It sure feels like with the Nasdaq up 15 percent this year, the S&P up uh, nearly 8 percent for the year. But with this different market environment, the rising rates, will that continue? Hank Smith joins us right now. He's the CIO, that's Chief Investment Officer for Haverford Trust, managing $6.5 billion. And uh, let's go macro here, uh, Hank. When you're looking at uh, uh, this environment where the uh, the White House seems to be imperiled with the scandal of the day, can they get tax reform done and regulatory reform done uh, uh, without a lot of uh, movement in Congress? And can that uh, effect on the market continue? Yeah, good afternoon, Corey. From a macro perspective, uh, I think we're in a win-win environment. So if the Trump administration with Congress can get any sort of uh, tax reform slash tax cuts, uh, any sort of infrastructure spending – a continuation of regulatory relief, well, that's going to be good for the economy. You're going to see the 2% expansion maybe get up north of 2.5%, close to 3%. Corporate profits will be good. The markets will enjoy that. 
But what happens if this administration is paralyzed and Congress is dysfunctional and nothing gets done? Well, then I think we're still in a 2% economy, and the Federal Reserve will go even more glacial in terms of their glide path upward with interest rates. And we've seen for the past eight years this market can do okay in a 2% economy where the Federal Reserve is not a headwind uh, and there's no competition in interest rates and and we have low inflation. So I really believe we're in a win-win environment. And, you know, the recent action in the last few days is just a, a little pause in what I think is a continued upstream, uh, up uh, swing for the markets this year. So let, let's, let's, let's play this out a little bit here. So, okay, let's, let's imagine that what you're describing is true, that it's on the margin, it gets harder. Let's just for the sake of argument say it's harder, it doesn't happen, that we're del- any kind of tax cut at all is delayed at best by another year. Then, so therefore, the Fed, uh, things cool off on the market, the Fed, uh, the things cool off in the economy, the Fed doesn't hike as often as they might have thought they would. How do you change your investments? Or once one makes a decision, how might they want to adjust their portfolio? Well, let me first say, Corey, that, that the move in the market that you talked about at the outset, uh, up uh, 15% in the NASDAQ and uh, 8, 8% or so in the S&P 500, isn't an anticipation of uh, Trump policy. It's a reflection of a resurgence in corporate profits, the ending of the so-called five-quarter earnings recession uh, that ended in the third quarter last year. And, you know, this quarter we're up 14% in corporate profits. So, uh, you know, we believe that in that environment that you just described where nothing happens, we're 2%, you continue a balance between offense and defense, offense being sectors that have more cyclical exposure, uh, such as industrials, basic material, financials to a certain extent, technology, and defense, those sectors such as consumer staples and healthcare, in which uh, their earnings are less impacted by the direction of the economy, throw in uh, utilities, telecommunications, and you have this balance of, of offense and defense that makes sense in which the odds of a recession continue to be very low, but potentially the odds of better growth are also not very good as well. So offense and defense, and oh, by the way, uh, you still have an opportunity to get decent yield from equities, better than bond-like yields. That has been a theme throughout this bull market, and it continues to be, even though we're going into the ninth year of a bull market. But I'll, I'll disagree with what you said at the beginning of that sentence, that, that, that the move in the market's was about earnings recovery as opposed to hope for uh, uh, policies that have yet to come true. I mean, if you look at, you know, initially the move was led by banks. It was a notion that we would get reform, that we'd get, uh, um, you know, the, the regulations would, would, would strip away and that we'd get um, uh, tax cuts. And, and it seems that, that that has led some of the rise in the markets, a revaluation based on the optimism that those, uh, those changes would come of, of legislatively. Corey, absolutely true. If you look at the initial Trump trade in November and December of last year, but this year some of that Trump trade is reversed. Yeah. Uh, financials have pulled back. Uh, small stocks have pulled back a little bit. And actually consumer staples, the classic defensive sector, has done very well this year. So uh, I think we're both correct. I don't like that. There's P- if only Republicans and Democrats could do this. Imagine that. Yeah. 
Um, so do you watch this, you know, what? In and in not to be overly White House focused, and maybe we, we all are right now, but do you watch what's happening there, the, the, the Russian probe, the, 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 the notion of Comey uh, um, uh, testifying and, and what that might do? Do you, do you think about your portfolio while you're watching this news break? not to, but you cannot confuse politics with investing, or stated a different way, you can't let your politics get in the way of investing, and all of the volatility has been in uh, political rhetoric, geopolitical events, as, as you know, and you've said it many times on your program, there's been no volatility in the stock market, but it's all been uh, around politics and geopolitical events. I, I don't know what changes that, but what I do know is it's all about fundamentals. It's about earnings uh, confirmed with dividends, and uh, I think one of even though we're in the ninth year of a bull market, we're about to go into the ninth year of economic expansion. I still think we're in pretty good shape with uh, a recession uh, out in the distance, not anytime soon. All right, great stuff, Hank Smith. He's the chief investment officer of Haverford Trust. Well, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio as we get to the last moments of trading on this day. It's an interesting day of trading because we've got a lot of stocks that are up and a lot of stocks that are down, and yet the market is sort of leveling out. Uh, the S&P down just four basis points, three basis points right now as we creep to the, towards the close. But our movers and shakers are a really interesting uh, bunch of stocks. We're going to uh, dig through those in a little bit uh, with Dave Wilson. This is Bloomberg Markets. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 